0: I'm so are tired. you armpits sweaty? Yes. Armpits are sweaty.
1: I'm so
0: sweaty. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> tough. The Luke Branquino Show is coming up on its one year anniversary. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, catch up on all the old episodes, and check out the latest. You're going to like it. Welcome to the Luke Branquino Show. Today's guest, which I'll have her come on here in a second and start speaking, is the new host of Companion Pass. Not the new host, the owner. What would you call yourself? Wait, don't talk yet. She started Companion Pass several years ago as a written blog on the internet, that thing that you use the Google machine on thing. And anyway, it has developed into an actual podcast, and it's been very successful. I of all people have even listened to every episode except page champions. It's not because I don't like page. It's just, I didn't get to it yet, but every other one of them has been um, absolutely amazing. My next guest is Lindsay Branquino. Thank you for joining us on the show.
1: <laughs> Thanks for having me.
0: I know it's kind of a, a real <laughs> spur of the moment type deal. huh? Thanks. We had some guests canceled, so I had to bring her
1: in. I should have said, thank you for letting me shower first.
0: I did <laughs> text her saying, I need you right now. And she's like, oh, my hair didn't brush. And I got, uh, uh, anyway, um, so let's talk about the companion past because honestly, and I text you this every time I listen to a, a show, I text you all the things that she says about me that I didn't have any idea. It's like you were telling on yourself, but they're very, very insightful, even from a guy that rodeoed for 20 plus years to hear these stories.
1: Yeah, I mean, I want to start off with a little correction here because I like to take every opportunity I can. Uh, You have actually listened to Pages. You and I listened to it in the car before it was ever released. So I wasn't
0: paying attention. (laughs) The
1: first, yeah, you were because that was the first speaking of things you didn't hear about. That's that, that was when you heard that first time that I casually mentioned that. I thought bareback riding may be slightly more physically demanding than steer wrestling. That's why
0: I probably blocked it out. <laughs> she did on more than one actual podcast of and, hers.
1: And since that moment, you've never let me forget it. Yeah. So. In
0: fact, I think you also did that with um, Casey field. Right?
1: <laughs> I just, I, they're different. They, I, they're, physically I don't demanding think, in different ways. No,
0: I don't think so. Because if you took me and put on a bareback horse, and took them and had them jump steers, the physical demand would be the same because you do weight, weight, size, size.
1: No. So I'm not saying they could steer wrestle. I think it just takes a different skill You think set.
0: I could bareback ride?
1: Anyway, so back to the podcast. I think, <laughs> um, like you were saying, that it's insightful in a different way. And that was kind of the whole um, motivating factor behind creating it, is that I think it really... Um, shows a different side of rodeo and uh, like explores a different aspect of it. And I think oftentimes the people in the athletes' lives, like – um, I've, I've mostly been talking to wives, but it's also husbands and children and moms and dads and stuff is that we see what you guys experience and rodeo life in a whole different way. And the thing about rodeo that, you know, is that it's not just um, an occupation. You know, it's not just your job. You don't come home at the end of the day and then go live your life. It's really a lifestyle. And so for you guys to be going out there and doing your job and living this lifestyle by default, the people in your lives are also living that lifestyle. And then to the insights of, of what they see in these athletes, you know, and their really unique perspectives is what they're sharing, which has been just really awesome. I'm learning so much about it too, even having lived it for so long with you.
0: Well, I know one of your episodes was with Lily Hay and you know, she's a, I'm not even going to talk about what you said about okay. me. I'll let you bring that up. But was when Dawson was hurt with his torn quad, I believe, and getting on at Calgary and, you know, she's very, uh, very faithful person a strong faith. And, um, you know, just praying that he's just more than anything, not, doesn't care if he wins, but stays healthy. Yeah. And Calgary, I think he gets bucked off his, his first three and hits the ground pretty hard. And he's called her up and said, I, I buy me a plane ticket. I'm, coming home and then true cowboy fashion sees what he has yeah. for his fourth horse and says I I need to stay here and get on this horse and Lily's kind of pleading with him to no come home because she's going through a rough pregnancy um and he just says hey I need you to to trust me and that's what I think a lot of people don't understand is the trust that the companion or the wife has to have in, in the cowboy and. Ends up Dawson wins the fourth go-round, makes a wild card, wins a wild card, and ends up winning second at Calgary, which helped him qualify to the national finals. Also what it did is it let him get to go home and rehab, I guess give his legs some rest and time to heal up. And th- these are stories I rodeoed. I-, I was rodeoing when that was happening, and I had no idea, nor did probably anybody else that was um, out there rodeoing, that that the conversations they have. And I thought that was a real, real neat story.
1: I mean, I think it, it truly has been this like all access to the behind the scenes of what really goes on these things. And and I do want to say that in the podcast, we tend to we talk about a lot of the really raw and real moments, but I, it's not just, uh you know, us getting on there and talking about how hard rodeo life is, because. That that is definitely a factor to it, but I think that it's only to show um, the flip side of the coin, you know, it balances it out. And, and I truly think because I love rodeo so much and I love so much about it. And there are so many great things about it. And that's why you put up with all the really difficult stuff. But I think that when you tell that side of the story, it just makes those wins, like Dawson's, who you're just talking about, that much sweeter. It makes the story that much greater. He wasn't just this like wild card victory. Who like that's cool. It's like it's this really strong story about like faith and perseverance and trust between him and his wife and his family and what's going on at home. Um, and to then when when you hear how far he came and that he won. Um, it's like you get chills. It's those moments about rodeo that are really special. So being able to tell those stories, and that's not unique. There are so many of those stories out there that we're already being able to tell that I think are just so cool and special and unique to rodeo.
0: Well, another one that uh, I know a lot of people, I, again, I rodeoed for 20 years with this man and knew nothing about this story until Cherie, Cherie Wright was on your show. And he, you know, he he was pouring concrete for his dad, but always wanted to rodeo, and called Sean Davis at CSI's College of Southern Idaho, and Sean said, "Yeah, come up here." So they pack up and take their two kids. They had Rusty and Ryder at the time, and I don't—they weren't—I don't think they were one or two or not very old—and yeah. packs them up, takes them to college with him. He's going to go to college, and they don't have really a place to live. They don't have much money. And Cherie's just a hundred percent behind him, even though there's times where she's doubting herself. What the heck am I doing? Yeah. But knows the support she has to give to him. And uh, one story sticks out. He's leaving to go rodeoing, and she says, "How am I going to afford milk? I can't. We do not have enough money to buy food for the kids." And to hear that side of the story from a guy that is a multiple time world champion and just one of the greatest guys that ever rode a bronc. You know, these are stories you don't hear other than right here on your show.
1: Yeah. And I think you look at that and you now look at what the in, the Wright family has become. All of his kids, even his brothers, like he kind of led the charge, like them starting to um, ride Bronx and everything. You think about that moment and how like that one pivotal moment, like how would it have changed rodeo if he'd have said, you're right, I'm going to stay home. Like truly the course of rodeo and everything we know in the last 15 years if they hadn't found a way through that, I just think there are so many remarkable athletes and people supporting them that have these incredible stories to share that I feel so lucky to even be like a, the tiniest part in, in spreading them.
0: Well, I'm, I'm giving you guys all just a little tidbit to let, <laughs> let her know that I really did listen to her shows, <laughs> but uh, another one that on a whole, whole different level, like I I cried driving the tractor. Just. <laughs> Do
1: you want to sit on my lap? <laughs> it's okay.
0: But just thinking about it, um, and I got to I got to have this gentleman on my show, but um, Jr. Vizane. what his wife went through. Yeah. You talk.
1: Well, I can't talk now <laughs> either.
0: But I mean, Shelby was uh, was a rock. Jr. Yeah. Qualified for the national finals um, five times before his incident where he broke his back and um. And she was three weeks pregnant. Um, got the call September twenty second, two thousand eighteen. Jr. was in a wreck; horse slipped over on him in the arena, broke his back. They didn't know the extent of the injury, but to what that, yeah, what that poor woman went through and is doing now, and stuck by his side and and raising a family and helping Jr. Um, you know with their dreams that they had pre-injury and they're still doing those dreams because of how strong
1: she is yeah i think when you hear her tell her story in her own words and she's just her willingness to be so honest and vulnerable telling that story um and it really is one of those it's one of the stories that completely transcends rodeo. You don't have to know anything about rodeo. You don't have to like it. You don't have to know who these people are. But when you hear about her talk about it and the way that they have approached life and the way she loves him so unconditionally and how they just see this as part of God's plan for them and how their faith really shines. And they are people that for the last five years have have really been leaders and inspirations through actions and not just words. And as a wife and a mom myself, um, I can't help but put myself in her shoes when I listen to her talk and I'm so endlessly inspired. You know, there's, you have somebody like Shelby who puts so much about life into perspective and it can't, you can't help but change the way you look at a lot of things when you, when you hear something like that. And that's really the thing about every one of these, every episode I've recorded, every person I've talked to, some of them I've been friends with for years and some of them, you know, this is how I'm getting to know them. And I have taken something away about the bigger picture of life from each and every single one of them. And I truly think that it's made me better and made me see things differently and approach things differently. Um, and, and that's what I hope others get out of it as well.
0: Well, I've wrote it my whole life and I'm getting something out of it. So <laughs> I'd sure like to think anybody that listens will get something out of it that could help, you know, help them maybe understand life a little better and, and realize, you know, not to take it for granted. Because there's so many things out there that uh, there's so many things other people are going through that, you know, maybe their, their problems aren't near as big of problems as... You
1: think they are. Yeah. And that's another thing, you know, that some of the feedback that I get from people that have been listening is that it, it feels when on the surface, it feels like a very specific topic, you know, like husbands and wives or family members of rodeo athletes and people are like, well, that doesn't relate to me. What am I going to get out of this? And I have gotten so much feedback from people, you know, women who are like, oh, my husband's a farmer or my husband's in the military. My husband's a firefighter. And and I related to this bit that this person shared, or I know what that feels like, or oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one experiencing this, that it really has transcended just the rodeo world and seems to be connecting with with so many others out there. And I'm so thankful for that. I think that's one of the most powerful things is when you realize like I'm not alone, other people are going through or experiencing the same things that you are. So finding that connection for me has been a huge gift.
0: What I thought was neat, and I can't remember which one of your guests said it, um, was they. It's not just a podcast, but they use it as a tool. Listening to all these stories from from these women or companions, and saying, and you saying, "I wish I'd had something like this when Luke was rodeoing," and how much benefit they're getting from what you're doing.
1: I I think that's really neat to hear, and like you said, I think that. The lifestyle we live as a rodeo wife, that I lived as a rodeo wife, can be really isolating. You're alone a lot if you're not around a lot of family. Or I guess even if you are, it's easy to feel like nobody really gets it. It's such a such a strange kind of life we find ourselves living, right? Being married and trying to raise a family, but you're spending 300 days a year apart because one of you's off, like, living a dream. Um, and so it does feel... it is easy to feel really isolated and alone in all of the feelings that that brings up.
0: It's almost like uh, you're living in my dream, but it's a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, in in some reality of it,
1: I think, I, I mean, I would not in
0: a negative way. Nightmares are always, a <laughs> negative, but kind, kind of, yeah,
1: I don't think I ever would have called it a nightmare. Um, Really, I just think that you definitely, there's a feeling of putting your own life on hold so that the person you love can pursue their dream, for sure. And I think that I did that to an extreme for a large part of our marriage. And I think that if I had had something like this to understand that other people were feeling it and hearing maybe how they got through it or didn't let them hold it back, I would have maybe it would have been an easier path for me for sure.
0: Well, and you had somebody like Steph Field on there and she got her lean to would have been Veronica, Casey's mom, who Louis, the late great Louis Field, um, you know, obviously multiple time world champion and and hall of famer. So Steph got to kind of lean on Veronica, like how in the hell do I do this? So, you know, it's neat to hear her, you know, her talk about, I had that support system, but feel bad for the ones that didn't.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and equally, I feel like I was lucky that we were always close to your parents because I talked to people that they aren't close to any family. Or I've talked to women who didn't have any history of their own in rodeo. They didn't grow up rodeoing or around it. So falling in love and marrying a rodeo athlete was their introduction to it. And I think how difficult that would have been for me. So you really... I have tried to find different guests that everybody represents something really unique. They bring their own aspect um, to it. And, you know, we've had people on there or having on there that have experienced, you know, loss and how you cope with grief while your partner's away. Um, or, you know, I've talked to women and this show's coming out that have had to go through journeys with IVF and infertility. And like, how do you manage that? Something that's so emotionally draining, financially draining, physically draining when you have a husband who's gone most of the time and you're doing this for the two of your families. I think that these are just a lot of situations women find them in, themselves in, in life um, that are difficult and transformative when you have a husband who's home all the time. And then you take that stability out of the equation and it's like, all right, how did you do this? Because they're so strong and everybody got through it and talks about, you know, how it changed their life course or built their character. And I think that that's the real takeaway is that they've, they've taken all of these situations they've been in that are difficult and come out the other side that much stronger.
0: Well, I'll say this, if I'd have been home more and as fertile as you were, we would have had a baseball team. Yes. Wow. Could you imagine that? I While I was gone rodeoing, you having to deal with a baseball team? <laughs> I guess they may not all have been boys, but the rate we were at, they probably would have been. they
1: probably would have been, yeah, for yeah. sure.
0: Well, I know you're killing it, and I almost <laughs> spilt the beans one time on one of your guests.
1: Almost?
0: It worked out perfect. This show came out, <laughs> my show came out Tuesday, yours came out Wednesday. It was like the pre-
1: you. this is why i had to stop le- letting you listen to the shows before they came out and you just have to wait for everybody else because you couldn't be trusted to keep a secret
0: listen i set you up with one person that you said was probably one of your best interviews
1: it's true and his has not come out yet so we're oh,
0: not it's a he? Say anything
1: oh it's a he damn it i've done it to myself now
0: it's a he and there's <laughs> another one i set you up with but you haven't text him yet
1: <laughs> it's true we've got some and this might not be a scoop depending on when this comes out or not but we do have our first rodeo husband coming up, and it's so good,
0: so, so good. good, so good, so good,
1: so good. He really is. It really is. I'm not gonna say he's better than you, but
0: well, how could he? What do you mean better? <laughs> we tried to record one. I'm like, okay, because that's how I am. I'll support my wife, whatever she needs to do with her companion pass. <laughs> Sitting in the hotel room in Nashville, yeah, Nashville, and I'm all, I'm ready to go, and. Just I'm I'm really am her worst interview like not her I am
1: he got up in the middle of it to go to the bathroom and he had AirPods in so the entire that entire thing in the bathroom was recorded
0: edit that's why you have great people like (laughs) I do that cut paste
1: I'm not quite to your level yet I don't have a wonderful team behind me you're my you and Fergus the dog and the The chicken eater yeah are my team right now
0: Um Well, I know everybody is loving it. I even get people that send me messages saying how much they love it. And I love it, which is hard to make me love something like <laughs> that. I mean, I love my show. Um, and you, it's not quite there yet, but you're getting close to it. And you're yeah. killing it. I do feel like you are knocking out of the park. And it was funny when I said that I feel like I'm ill-prepared every time I come to do these. And then I show up to the desk, and you have questions. (laughs) Cards. And I'm like, so what are we going to talk about? I don't know. We'll just shoot from the hip.
1: I think that that's just our personalities. I think that you're more kind of like naturally comfortable and gifted. I need the preparation. You don't really need it. I don't think that that... That has anything to do with it? I think you're just you're better at shooting from the hip.
0: My armpits aren't sweaty. <laughs> <thinking> oh wow! <laughs> Did you see that drop of sweat?
1: Well, I was lying.
0: No, and they smell good. about it. <laughs> See, I mean... and
1: I only had to talk to you when I'm sweating this wow. much. Imagine when it's like when I have to talk to people I don't know. As you well know what as
0: we you. should invent and make millions of dollars? It's like an armpit pad.
1: They actually make those.
0: Can we invent a better
1: one? <laughs> yeah. We can armpit maxi. What's a maxi? A maxi pad. That's what you're talking about. No,
0: I'm talking about an armpit pad.
1: That's what I said. And arm Never mind. I don't know what you
0: said. Well, we are actually coming up on our one year anniversary for the Luke Branquino show, uh-huh. and yeah, isn't that sweet? What'd
1: you get it? What I get? What? The show for the anniversary.
0: Oh, do you get anniversary <laughs> gifts to shows? You should. I'll have to get on that Amazon machine, see about sending an Amazon gift to the show. Uh, anyway, we, I feel like, and you've got to be there for a lot of them, and and how many of the episodes have you watched, actually? This is a great question. And don't lie.
1: A bunch? With a number. I, I didn't count them. Then You have a lot of shows.
0: How many? I listen to every one of your shows <laughs> in a matter of seven hours. I only
1: have like 10 shows.
0: Yeah, I understand. Anyways,
1: yeah, I've I've watched yours, and you, and you do a really great job. And I was there for the first like several. Remember, I sat in there and watched right. you record them. So
0: you've watched that, but what do you think has changed, and what have we learned? I feel like this right here is, I do I do prefer the in person. I think that is way better. Like yeah. this is way more natural. I feel like we can carry on conversation easier than, you know. But yeah, technology nowadays lets us gives us the capability of still doing a yeah. good a great show. Um, and just getting better but I feel like I've learned a lot as as more so for how how to talk to people and be more comfortable in front of there do you feel like that or
1: um it's surprising to hear you say that because you always seemed really like comfortable and natural about it maybe it has changed a little bit in the fact that like, it doesn't seem as much like an interview that you're doing now with your guests as it does just like a conversation. It just seems like you and a bunch of cowboys like sitting around shooting the shit.
0: And I don't use my announcer voice.
1: And you don't, thank God, don't use your TV voice. She says I have a TV more. voice. I, he does have a TV voice. Oh, uh, what win? But you know what you don't do anymore? You don't say outstanding all the time anymore. That was which, a nervous thing. I know, which I actually need to apologize to you about because I realized after listening. <laughs> yeah, it ain't that easy, is it? <laughs> no, it really isn't. And I should have given you more credit because like, listening back to probably the first four um, episodes of my podcast that I recorded, I realized that I had like two or three Yes. little like nervous things that yes. i would say constantly and i did and
0: not bring that up
1: <laughs> i'm surprised you didn't but i said i can't imagine a lot apparently yeah. i need a much better imagination better i can't imagination. imagine shit. i just always say oh, i can't imagine right yeah we
0: went to the grocery store today. i can't imagine oh, my <laughs> it
1: goodness. Wasn't stuff like that it was they're telling like real stories and it was my way of being like oh my gosh i was speechless and so I'm I got a to...
0: speeding ticket going to the grocery store today. <laughs> I can't imagine.
1: All right, I deserved that. Fine, but you do a really great job with your show, and I think that you're switching, like you said, getting to do them in person is great. But like, how in the world are you gonna pin down rodeo cowboys with their kind of schedule to get to do it in person? So I think that you've like navigated that really well because it's hard to get to. Well, you know.
0: the team. Of the luke branquino show has navigated that amazingly they
1: have that's for sure the times that you guys are able to do that i think it's really cool when you kind of get everybody together are you going to do more in-person ones at the in vegas this year
0: yeah you're on it
1: <laughs> i thought i served my time
0: no but you sound like <laughs> that's a bad thing to be on the luke branquino show the way you just it's said not,
1: that if you have to be on a show this is the only one worth being
0: on. what about companion pass
1: it's not a show. You don't have to see see people. Yeah.
0: people We're doing really them. well on Spotify, too. That's and Tinder.
1: Awesome.
0: <laughs> I mean, Tinder. <laughs> yeah, that show, too. That was doing amazing. <laughs> oh. Anyways, let's Anyways. get back to Companion Pass. Okay. When, say, Morgan Wright. That was a great story, too, by the way. Yeah. I listened to all of that. <laughs> I don't think you said anything about me in that. I can't remember. Anyway, but... Rusty's injury. Yeah. Comparative to the multiple injuries I had. Like, was there a lot of simul- sim- similarities?
1: Well, it's interesting because like I talked about before, we... All of us, you know, companions, if that's what you want to call us. Oh, it is. We're all <laughs> that's what the card
0: says. The PRCA gives you two cards. One's a membership card, the other one is a companion pass card. It actually says that on the card. It
1: does, which is where the name of the podcast comes from. I'm I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think sometimes people see it and they're like, What the heck is that? It's an yeah. actual card. It's, it's like your card. rodeo ticket card.
0: Which doesn't mean shit, by the way, because no. they anyway, we we'll won't get into that.
1: <laughs> um, but each one of us live really different lives. We live in all different areas of the country. We're, you know, different, I'm different ages than these people. We're different rodeo events, everything. And I find a way to relate something about my life and my experience to to every one of them. Um, And sometimes it's a surprising thing for me, what comes up that I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, me too. But that for me, when Morgan, was talking about rusty and how he's kind of had a few years of like back to back injuries, you know, his leg getting rehurt, needing to have surgery again. And that was just took me right back to those years where it seemed like you couldn't catch a break. It was one injury after another. And, and she was talking about how, you, you want to be able to help your husband in those moments, and there are physical, tangible things you can do, like encourage you to go to rehab, help you keep your schedule, take care of you when you- Wait, wait, back. wait,
0: wait. When you say rehab, you just say physical therapy, because <laughs> people could interpret your- that as like cocaine rehab or okay. alcohol rehab. Anyway.
1: True. Physical therapy, rehabilitation for your body parts. Right. 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 Um, And she's just was talking about how it makes you feel really helpless because the other side of injury that doesn't get talked about as much, you know, you think like, Oh, what your knee will heal in six months or whatever. And you'll be back out there is the not yours particularly. It'll take much longer. Um, But you know that the physical injury is going to heal. And so it's just a matter of time of going through the steps and taking care of your body and giving it time to heal. But the mental aspect of what you guys go through when your job is taken away, you know, like you can no longer go to work now. And that it's, it's so mentally taxing and how, you know, having a tough mental game is so important and being in successful in rodeo. And every single one of us recognizes that in you guys. And I think that that's what we see that sets you apart in your success from so many talented guys out there rodeoing. Um, But how hard and helpless it is when we see you guys struggling mentally with the injuries, particularly when they're not just a one off, and it, it keeps happening. And and it takes me right back to that time of, you know, getting those phone calls from you. And we're always, it feels like as a rodeo wife, you're always waiting on a phone call. That's, that's your life, your life revolves around a phone call, because it's, it's our one lifeline to you guys. It's our, our only connection to you is, is our phone calls that are maybe, you know, 10 minutes a day. How's the weather? Yeah, how's the weather? <laughs> um, and and so you're you're always waiting to hear something. You're waiting on news, and you know we Excuse all
0: me. keep talking. Keep <laughs> talking.
1: Um, kind of like Shelby was talking yeah, that she, you kind of time it in your head. Like I know the rodeo starts at this time, mm-hmm. and so I know his events the first, second, third, whatever. I know that it'll probably be around this time i will get you a call, and and I know getting several of those calls from you that you you never know what you're picking up the phone to like is it the best news did you just win houston or is it or is it you know i know i hurt myself again i'm coming home more more times than you won houston that's for sure but that's so hard it's like you you kind of it's hard not to live in a state of anxiety or worry not knowing what what's waiting for you on the other end for sure.
0: Yeah. That's um, I guess I never thought about it that way that you sat at home wondering what the phone call might bring.
1: Yeah.
0: Because I was on the other end.
1: Yeah.
0: And then I asked a lot, a lot of times which we've talked about this is um, our phone calls when we first got married, really short and sweet.
1: Not Not, so much. Not not that sweet. sweet.
0: And she's like, quit asking me how the damn weather is (laughs) because I just, I didn't, we didn't know how to communicate. I guess I didn't know how to communicate. When I say we solely on me,
1: it's true. I did reach a breaking point with the weather is because, I mean, I think that's the thing is you only have, like I'm saying, you only have, I have five minutes maybe that you're squeezing in a phone call for with me. And that's it. The rest of my, day my month my year is is alone and so the last thing i wanted to do was to be a
0: meteorologist (laughs) they get paid well
1: i mean and we lived in california the weather is always nice like what did you want me to say
0: that's true speaking of support um like i said we're on the one year anniversary of the luke brankwino show (laughs) that means we're still going strong actually you are
1: stronger than ever
0: um but it's also getting, I guess, January-ish when we started our reset yeah. of Paige Champion, who just had a baby here in Richmond, actually had a baby. Um, what did they name him? Forrest. Forrest Brooks. I lobbied hard for Luke <laughs> Lindsay, but they, they went a completely different route. Anyway.
1: Um, I couldn't find teeny tiny little carpenter jeans.
0: Uh, we would have got so many, I promise. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, when we started our reset, I called it a cleanse. Really pissed her off just because it wasn't a cleanse. You were mad when I kept saying a cleanse because I couldn't think a reset. I, it's like that one word. Of it like, was
1: just an. You made it sound like you drank juice for a week. I was trying to say I did should- drink
0: juice, lemon in water. But the, is juice. I know,
1: but I think when you say cleanse, people think, oh, he only had lemon water. Like you weren't consuming solid foods or something. I just wanted you to give yourself more credit because it wasn't something crazy like that right. at all. It, it wasn't, wasn't a
0: cleanse. I did not, not drink a juice. Cleanse. A little juice. Lemon juice. Anyway, you were very supportive in my journey of weight loss, which is down around 45, to 50 pounds. Now. Yeah. Uh, and motivated me to go to the gym and become a better me better a better retired steer wrestler. so thank you for that as far as still supporting me and still getting glared at when i have a donut and she's like are you
1: sure you want that are you sure you want to say that i do not do that
0: you you have said are you sure you want to do that i (laughs) glare at you is what i'm saying you don't glare at me she's always a sweet face she's like are you
1: are you sure you want to eat that? Yeah, but milk? I've never been like the No, food you have police. not been the
0: food police. No. And we've had that conversation. In fact, Matt West and I had this conversation at the um where were we at last? Where were I just at? Oklahoma City. At the teams event in Oklahoma City before our production meeting, they had breakfast there and they had French toast and they had a, a just a plate full of donuts and pastries. Oh, yeah. So pastries. Yeah. They look delicious. Yeah. Pastries. I love them. Yes. Anyway, it looked delicious. And we were sitting there talking because Matt's kind of a, you know, he likes to be stay fit too. And he's like, man, sweets are my, my kryptonite. Um, and Megan is salt. Megan likes salt, his wife. And he said, we'll be ordering something or I'll go to Dairy Queen and, and get something. And she, she, doesn't even, she doesn't even say anything because she doesn't want to upset him or when she's just trying to be helpful. And I know you said that you felt that way, that you don't want to say anything because Because obviously I want it since I ordered it, (laughs) but I don't need it.
1: Well, I think my approach now has been the only time that I'll mention something is like if I know that it's just maybe old habits. Like you're not actually hungry. I don't want to like deprive you of food. The hell I am not. (laughs) Not like hungry. Like oh, that looks good. And so that makes me hungry. There's only times that I've said like. I feel like you may eat that and then in 10 minutes be like, oh, why did I do that? And Mm -hmm. so I just tried. Yes, you do do that. Well, that's just because
0: my blood sugar gets high. That's what I'm
1: saying is I just try to remind you that like, oh, that I know that donut looks really good and it's super hard, but like.
0: No, it's (laughs) soft and fluffy.
1: (laughs) In 15 minutes, you're going to regret having eaten it. So I'll support you through it. But. And then I think twice.
0: Then i sometimes give her a glare. She says, I don't know. Do I,
1: Clary? Yeah, there's some looks.
0: Hmm. And I did say that, you know, I'm surprised that 50 pounds that I lost hadn't killed you. (laughs) I'm laying on top of you. It's suffocating at times. But here's the living longer, both of us. Me 50 pounds less and you not suffocating. (laughs) Well, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate the swiftness of me texting you saying I need you and the actions you took to snap into shower Shave, do you? Did you shave yeah. haircut, hairdo, makeup
1: anything for you? Anything <laughs> isn't
0: she the best? Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Luke Branquino show with Lindsay Branquino. Make sure you check out Companion Pass on tell everybody what platforms you're on,
1: they're on every platform except YouTube. You except YouTube, every podcast streaming platform. You cannot escape me. I can't. Well, no, you definitely can't.
0: I could outrun her, too.
1: (laughs) So much sweat.
0: Why are you sweating? That has peach on it. Oh, it's like a scented wipe. Anyways.